Jay Chris. What's up, Tony? Jay Chris Newberg, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody put your hands together for Jay Chris Newberg. How are you, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm uh, good. I'm sorry. I think you called and we missed the call. But I looked down and I went 310. And I go 310 right around 10 o'clock. That must be Jay Chris Newberg. Or someone scamming me from the IRS. Either way. Either way. Either way. How are you, man? Well, we haven't talked to you in a while. Everything good? Yeah. No complaints. Are we in the gym right now? You're doing what right now? You kind of fuzzed out for a second. I'm sorry, are we on the air at the moment? We're on the air at the moment. I just, I, I do it like that. It's a podcast. Okay. I, I can do what I want. Okay, I get it. I understand. Okay. Um, I'm good. No complaints. Happy, healthy, crazy. So you, uh, you are, uh, Jay Chris Newberg is the headliner, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, as well he should be at Rick Brunson's House of Comedy all weekend. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, uh, Jay, you are there. Uh, two shows tonight. Two shows Saturday, and is there a Sunday show? There is a Sunday show. Everyone's talking about it. You know, it's the big labor. It's the big Labor Day laugh show. You're gonna be. I mean, you're gonna be on there. So it's gonna be a great night because people don't have to go to work the next day. Yeah, it's basically like three weekend days in a row. A lot of times, the Sunday show is kind of a letdown. It's not a letdown, but after after coming off Saturday, which is usually the most populated show, you got like two sold out shows. We've been to Rick's on Saturday. You know, I mean. Uh, I would get tickets in advance for this show because uh, they're really beginning to sell out out there. But then Sunday, sometimes it's not a sold-out show. And so it's not a letdown, but it's a change in energy. But that's not going to be the case this Sunday, is it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope not. I mean, but I'm a big fan of, you know, you get 23 hours off a day. I mean, any opportunity to do anything other than just, you know, chill out for 23 hours is pretty cool. So let me ask you this. I've known you a long time. I met you, um, man, I don't remember if I met you in Phoenix or knew of you from no. Phoenix and then met you in Los Angeles. That's correct. Okay. I think the first time I met you in Los Angeles with another con, I was driving them to a gig and they said, oh, we got to pick up this other guy. And I said, what other guy? And they said, and they said, your name, J. Chris Newberg. And I think the first time I met you, I picked you up because I was driving someone to a gig and they were supposed to drive you. And is that correct? Yeah, it was you, Josh Skalniak, and Chris Bennett. Wow, you remember that exactly. And what was the gig? Yeah. I can't remember that. It was in Santa Monica. The only reason I remember is because I remember walking through the parking structure because we couldn't figure out where it was that we needed to pay. <laughs> I, I don't remember anything else, but I, remember, I mean, I assume the show was probably on the west side. Point and uh, Westside Comedy Theater, but I do specifically remember there was the four of us, and uh, yeah, that's what I remember. So you were funny then, and that was over ten years ago, and I believe you were just beginning to tour then. Is that correct? Uh, I think so, probably. I, I, uh, I mean, I've I've been performing like either music or whatever and been on the road since pretty much 92 so I think I started going on the road with comedy in 2000 2000 2001 but I mean I don't think it, I think that's just when I started I mean I don't I don't think I got good at comedy until like last year I mean I was always working but you know it's a work in progress and I'm always studying what's going to get better make the joke better and figure out rhythm I'm a dork so you're one of those guys, too, who even though you, you came into it from the musician side of it, 
And a lot of guys who come in as a musician side of it just do parodies. That's all they do. But then you actually got into joke writing. You write some great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, um, now I do like like 40 minutes of straight stand-up, and then I do like the last 20, I play guitar. <laughs> cool, man. So you start out as a musician. Were you, you, were, you were with a band at one time? You were with bands? I, I seem to remember. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about your musical career. Um, it was just, yeah, it was I was like me and four of my best friends, and we basically lived in a van for ten years and just went all over the country and played everywhere from arenas to people's backyards and just had a ball. Cool. And then one day you went, you know, and I, I want to tell jokes too. I mean, how did, how did one make the transition from being in a band to going now I'm going to do stand up? process of like, no longer want to do because you're lazy and I think that I got to a point where I was like super tired of carrying band equipment up and down basement stairs to practices and I was super tired of like you know having practice three or four days a week when I could just be doing shows and it's kind of outgrew it because we weren't really going out the four people I was with ironically and it's like it kind of turned into like the summer of 69 story it's like the other people got disinterested and I still wanted to do it. So I wasn't going to hang out with four other people who were getting married and, you know, quitting and all this other stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to do something on my own. Okay, so were you, were you, did you play the guitar in the band? Somebody told me you were the bass player in that band and that you switched over guitar. Or is that something I just made up in my mind? No, no, that's true. I mean, I was bass player for a long time and then I switched to guitar because we kept firing guitar players. And so, that's what I did. Did you ever think about? Did you ever think about just like going on your own, like uh, as a one man band, and like strapping cymbals to your knees and a harmonica? And I mean, I don't think I'm coordinated enough <laughs> to use cymbals to the knees. I mean, I would, but no one does that anymore. I don't know why. It seems like a, it seems like that's a really good idea. You got a foot pedal going on, like a little bass drum in front of you, cymbals on the knees, a guitar, a harmonica. I, you know, look, I'm, I'm telling you, can I give you some career advice? I think that will skyrocket you to where you want to be. Yeah, but then again, that involves, like, in a way, that that would be a preparation level that I would be tired of. Because then I've got to carry the cymbals. That's true. I've got to carry the kit drum. And, and all that other stuff. Yeah, so then you're back to where you started. Pretty much. The whole reason you got... Stand up. <laughs> yeah, no, stand up, just don't work on stage. You know, that is one of the, even for booking agents, you know, uh, I've talked to booking, I knew booking agents who, uh, when, when, the st when the comedy boom started, who just migrated over to stand-up and were so happy. And I asked one guy, I go, why? He goes, look, he goes, if only one comic shows up, I can still get paid. Uh, they can get paid. He goes, with a band, he goes, I got sick and tired of, they go, well, you know what? Our harmonica player's sick and them canceling. So, yeah. But let, let me ask you. You said you say you don't do anything with twenty three hours a day. You do something for twenty three hours a day. You're, you're you're an ambitious guy, and you're funny on stage. And being funny on stage doesn't just come from saying I'll just work it out on stage. So what do you really do all day? You know when I'm when I'm not like working or writing a TV show, I I love my days off because I just do very little. I read a bunch. I walk. I like to go for walks. I didn't, I didn't realize you can't walk for a very long period of time outside here because that's a bad idea. But I, I went for a walk yesterday for like 90 minutes and then I was like, I'm dizzy, I need to stop. And uh, but I read a lot and I write a bunch 
and uh, you know, play games on my phone. Super, super <laughs> adult. You know, when you play games on a phone, uh, I've got a nephew who is uh, uh, 15, and my brother was upset because he pretty much he pretty much eschewed all sports and everything, and, and and was just playing games in his room. But then he found out that he was playing games in his room with a large community of people, and he was actually winning money. Okay. So I guess now you can actually play. I guess maybe for quite some time you could play games with other people online. DJ, do you know anything about this? DJ's my co-host. Yeah, I don't know about the money thing, but you definitely there's a huge there's a huge online gaming community, but and they they have sponsorships now. There's like professional gamers that get paid like a salary. To I think it's game it's kind of thing. Oh, yeah. he goes, he's making money in there. Yeah. You know? They do YouTube videos and then they have followers and YouTube pays them too to to like a Minecraft video. It's mine. Like we and I would see it and be like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, people love it. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't want to watch, but I end up watching it. <laughs> I go, oh, I shouldn't be looking at this. Um, so you're not playing with like a, an online gaming community? No, dude, I feel like backgammon. I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's so funny because the gaming thing is so big. I I wrote for a little bit on this advertisement for a pilot called 1v1 and the premise of the show is two celebrities sitting in chairs a host and those those celebrities playing video games for like four separate video games per episode insulting each other back and forth and cracking jokes while they try out the game and it's sponsored by like Sega or one of the big gaming companies and, you know, I don't know if this got picked up or not, but it was just a really fun show. And it was basically like that scene in 40-year-old version when those two guys are like, well, I don't know, I know you're gay, but they're playing video games. <laughs> Except there's a host, so it was like Mystery Science Theater. You know, <laughs> you know video games, and it was just, it was a fun idea. So, I, see the, I mean, the video game thing is gigantic, and then, like, your kosher beast, did you say DJ is the name? I couldn't hear. Yeah, DJ, yeah. So, yeah, you know, they have teams, Video game leagues and it's gigantic in Japan and and like where you can just like you can win millions of dollars in like certain like Madden alone is gigantic. Yeah, the, the guy Madden. Well, he is, well, but a, no, the actual game. Yeah. The game. Yeah, the game. Yeah, Madden's a very large man. So you realize that within a, within a few years now, Jay Chris, the, the thing is that there'll be young comics who have references to video games that we know nothing about and they'll be doing like a whole their first 20 minutes will be about gaming you know and we'll be sitting out going i don't get it kind of like kind of like if uh, uh when i started out if we, st- we made references to like the grateful dead or something some comic from the 50s when what and they're happy that they're dead so does that sk- do you try to keep up with things reference wise with your act do you you know, at a certain point in life, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You can just sit in a chair and watch Matlock and take Ambien and not give a shit. <laughs> but a comic can't do that. So how do you keep up? I mean, I, I, I follow whatever's trending and I research things I've never heard of and I watch things that I normally wouldn't watch for the sole purpose of being able to make and get those references because, you know, you have to. Yeah. I mean, I can't. There's a... As a comic I worked with who did a Gilligan's Island joke on stage. And I was like, <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, you know, man, it was a funny joke that probably destroyed in 78. But it was like one of those things where I was like, he, like that's, he still does that joke. I mean, maybe a different reference would be cool. So, I mean, I'm, 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 into, I'm into current references and, 
kind of, you know, like, I don't like to, I didn't like the Jonas Brothers, but I listened to the record when it was out, and it's like, and then, like, all that other music and stuff, I, I hear it, so I know what it is. So let me ask you this, because um, the other night um, we watched the, uh, the MTV uh, uh, Video Music Awards, and uh, I was watching it, and I'm watching, I'm going, okay, I don't relate to any of this. This is not my music. This is, and, and I've got, I, I think like you, I've got a pretty, a pretty wide palette when it comes to music. I like, I like all, I go, some of this is good. It's pop music, you know, I, it's not making me run around and buy the record. I don't think these people have anything important to say to me. You know, um, I, they kept talking about bullying and suicide, and I go, if they keep talking about it, I'm going to kill myself. But um, I, yeah. I, I didn't watch it with judgment. I didn't go, these people suck. I'm going to write jokes about how they suck. Do you approach when you when you're approaching a subject? So this is like this is like an inside baseball question, and uh, uh, I know that you're 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 into this craft a lot from a lot of different angles. When you're approaching a subject, do you approach it with an opinion already in place, or do you approach it and go, how is this going to affect me? What will I take away from it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just like I don't ever. It depends if I'm writing something from the perspective of, of having to write it specifically for a program or for a topic or what I'm writing it for, or if I'm writing it for myself. And if I'm writing it for myself, I just try, I try to take it from an observational perspective as it applies to me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Sure. I mean, I watch those. I watch the music awards too, and I mean, it's. It, it would. I looked at it as thinking it would be arrogant of me to dismiss all of this stuff that I don't really, that I don't really get because I remember when I was, you know, I hate to say when I was younger, but I remember my parents and grandparents going, "What is this shit?" And it was, you know, really good music that stood up. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do. I think. Do I think Nicki Minaj is going to hold up in 20 years? I mean, maybe. I've been shocked by a lot of stuff. But it's nothing that I would ever purchase. No, yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, we're, we're both pretty much on the same page with that. Like, I watched it. Oddly enough, you talk about Nicki Minaj. She's now been around for about 10, 12 years. You know, she started out as like backup, almost like window dressing. Some, some, you know, some rapper found her and thought she was hot and put her on stage. And now she's, uh, uh, you know what? She's entertaining to watch. And if you, if anybody's ever tried to actually rap the way she does or the way uh, uh, Snoop does, if you've ever tried to lip sync that, it's not easy. So, uh, I mean, she's a talented lady. There's no question. Yeah, and even like Miley Cyrus, people are going like Miley Cyrus, they go, you know what, here's a, here's a woman who has sustained a career on the forefront of pop culture now for 10, 15 years, you know, and is able to keep reinventing herself. So, you know, I don't look at it and go, oh, they suck, they're stupid, this is dumb. I mean, that's, that's a disease that happens you get older, but I think for comics, for real comics, and you're a real comic, uh, you can't let that happen or your act dies and you kind of shrivel up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's once you start, I mean, that's the same thing. It's once you decide to stop educating yourself, you're, you're done. Yeah. Except for mumble rap. Mumble rap can just die. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. He said, he said mumble rap can yeah, die. That can just die. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, don't um, even, I don't even know what yeah, that it's, is. It's good. Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, who's on the show with you this weekend? Josh, uh, Joshua Mann, who is a comic out of Los Angeles, and he opens up for Sports all the time. He's funded, and 
a guy named Tim something who's Australian. Who, Tim Bateman. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He is. He's a great guy. He's a funny guy. We've seen him many times. We've used him on a lot of shows. Buddy, we got to go. I always uh, enjoy being able to uh, touch base with you. Uh, please, next time you're in town, uh, or even when you're not in town, uh, stay in touch. Uh, uh, and I'm urging anybody out there, if you want to see a really fun show, and we've been telling, you know, a lot of people, they go out of town, you go out of town, and you're just, you're stuck in a traffic jam that you would have been stuck in in town because everybody went out of town. For those of us smart to be in town, looking for something to do, go down and check out Jay Chris Newberg at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. It's uh, easy to find tickets. Uh, just go to houseofcomedy.net, houseofcomedy.net. And also, if you contact me, private message me on my Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, I might be able, might be able to hook you up with a couple free passes. Buddy, good hearing your voice again. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Jay, bye. See you. All right. That was cool. Um, he is, um, uh, uh, I've, like I said, I've known him. The first time I ever met him, I was giving him a ride. They were all going to do some open mic night. And uh, uh, I followed his career. I remember seeing him early on, you know, and just watching him, you know, sitting in the back of the room watching comics. And I go, this guy is going to, this guy's going to do well. He's going to do something, you know. And he's been writing pilots, writing for TV shows, touring ever since. Um, there's ups and downs to this. And uh, uh, sometimes, especially when you're, excuse me, when you're starting out, uh, there's more downs than up. And sometimes those, sometimes you get you get you get a little you get a little lift. You're going up the hill, and then you drop down so far that it's not only making up the progress you lost; it's making up it's making up being in a hole. You Bad start stuff out from your childhood you, starts you, coming to life. You start out <laughs> yeah, you start out a level playing field. You make it up a little bit. You actually will drop further down than you were when you started. And you have to work back from that emotionally, business wise, creatively. You know uh, all of that. And uh, that happens to everybody when they start out. Here's something weird, and we're going to break. A friend of mine named Trip Wingfield lives in town. And uh, Trip was a comic for many years, retired, is now a school teacher. Trip and I worked together in August of 1986 in Metairie, Louisiana. And he saved the playbills. And he sent me the playbill the other day. So on our show, I was the opener. Well, I, I think I saw that one. Yeah, and I was going by Tony V at Tony the time. Tony V. V E E. Yes. I saw yeah. that, yeah. It's like if you were in, when you were in Vegas and Don Barnhart kept referring to me as Tony V, it's because Don knows me from those days. Oh, okay. I was the opening act, and then Trip was the feature act. A guy named Larry Miller. Do you know who Larry Miller is? Yeah. HBO. I yeah, see yeah, HBO. HBO. You know the movie Pretty Woman? Yeah. Okay, you remember when she goes in to buy a dress and Rodeo Drive or something, and her bald-headed guy's real jerk to her? Yeah. That's Larry Miller. Okay, that's Larry Miller. So, uh, um, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah. But here's the thing. A month later... A month later, I forget who the headliner was, but in the same position that I was in, the saw, opening spot, that, yep. yeah, Steve Harvey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Steve. So it just proves that um, you don't have to have talent. So, um, <laughs> no, we love Steve Harvey. He's, you know what? He's an important voice in the uh, American entertainment. Talk show. In, right? it, yeah, show. yeah. Yeah. You know, no one, if you like Richard Pryor, and never mind. You know, I don't do that. I don't do that. I just did it, though. Hey, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have more stuff. Hey, you want to stick around at 11 o'clock because uh, Danny Garcia will be coming and doing the McDanner podcast. You're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com.